This week's episode contains binaural recordings. Listen with headphones if you can. Hey there, and welcome back to the Sounds Curious Podcast. The podcast for you, our adventurous listeners. And listeners, we're starting in a weird place given where we're going to end up this time. I have been meaning to do this episode for ages. I find the subject really interesting from the point of view of someone whose life is very much caught up in sound and listening. Now, if you're a longtime listener of Sounds Curious, you'll remember way back when I did a bunch of episodes on spectral sound art and some of the uncanny or spectral, meaning not as in a spectrum of light, but as in a specter, a ghost if you will, the kind of haunted nature of sound and sound recordings, um, particularly when we're listening to spatialized sound recordings. So if you've listened to some of the earlier episodes, you heard me talk about binaural recordings as a way of the listener sort of haunting the space at the time it was recorded as well as just the general nature of recorded sound as being very much a kind of presence-absence. Again, a kind of ghostly quality to recorded sound. We are listening to the past when we listen to recordings. When we listen to spatialized recordings, we are listening to the, the sort of haunting of a space by our own ears. And certainly, as I think about audio and its many, many impacts on contemporary ears, it's hard to ignore the popularity of ASMR and just the sheer number of recordings out there that are designed to give us this meridian sensory response. Uh, this sort of tingling or physical sensation to listening. So for a podcast dedicated to sound, it's kind of strange. I haven't tackled this yet, but I am going to be getting more into the theoretical aspects in part two of this podcast. Yes, it is going to be a two-parter. I have tried very hard to squeeze it all into a single episode and I really can't. So this is going to be part one of two. And in the next episode, I'm going to be dealing with some of the theory behind why we have the reactions that we do to ASMR recordings. And in particular, one theory about their production of audio intimacy. I'm in fact gonna take that metaphor, this idea of audio intimacy, and explore it a little bit more thoroughly in this first half. And I'm going to do it mostly through sound. Um, This is not going to be the podcast episode for you to listen to 
on public transit or in a bustling cafe, this is definitely an episode to find a quiet place, plug in your headphones, sit back and experience what these recordings do in your headphones, in that intimacy of your listening experience so that you have some basis to understand the next episode where I really go into some more of the theoretical implications. So one of the most important things to note up front is that the vast majority of the recordings that I will use today are made using hydrophones. Now a hydrophone is simply a microphone that instead of listening to sound waves through the air, the excitation of air molecules. It is a piezoelectric transducer. I have spoken about that in several earlier episodes of the podcast as well. The idea that it can hear pressure. And so one of the most interesting things about listening to recordings made with hydrophones is that they automatically sound a little weird to our ears. We are not used to hearing sounds right up against our eardrums the way we do when we are, say, underwater. And we are hearing the pressure of the water changes against our eardrums. So when we look at the possibilities of using hydrophones, The idea of doing field recordings underwater is certainly one that immediately springs to mind. And we're going to give some time over to listening to some sound recordings today made underwater with hydrophones from some of our favorite field recording artists over at Radio Apri, one of my favorite sites still. Then we're going to move on to a performance. Now, I will get into that a little bit more later on in the show. But for right now, let's remind ourselves what it sounds like when instead of listening to sound waves produced by the excitation of air molecules, instead to those that are passing through water and remind ourselves of the unique sounds that hydrophones bring to our ears, ones that we're not really exposed to very often in everyday life, but which have a kind of haunting beauty to them nonetheless. So lay back and listen for a little while and then we'll move on to a performance that I'm really excited to share with you one that happened at the Willow's Nest not too long ago and which really made a very strong impression on me. I think you'll agree it's something really special. So first, some hydrophones.
Those are three very, very different recordings, all made with hydrophones. The first, hanging over the side of a boat. The second, made by sound artist and friend of the podcast, Fortichez, in a little pond in the backyard, who, in fact, in her notes about the piece, uh, says, not much happens. But it is a very, very interesting listening experience. It's almost unnatural in the way that the sounds of physical movement of the microphone, of things pressing and rubbing up against the microphone, almost seem to be translated directly into our nervous systems. Which is why I chose hydrophone recordings most of these have been quite spatialized, hence the binaural notice at the very top of the episode. But binaural and uh, ASMR audio is not normally associated with hydrophone recordings, with pressure recordings. What really made the connection for me was in fact a performance that recently happened at the Willow's Nest. I mentioned that at the top of the hour. And by the way, all of the information on the sound recordings I'm featuring today and the artists that I'm using in the episode can be found over at BansheeMedia.com, as always. And you can certainly support us, if you would like to, at our Patreon or Patreon, however people are pronouncing it these days. Patreon.com forward slash The Willow's Nest, all one word. We would love to have you as a supporter. And your donations support the podcast and all of the performances that go on here, some of which find their way into the podcast. Uh, But that said, this last recording I'm going to play for you is the one that really cemented the idea for this episode. It's an artist from upstate New York who now lives in Berlin, who gave a recording several months back here at the Willow's Nest with some materials that he has been developing. Now, usually... When I say materials as a composer, I mean musical materials. However, Brad Knapp, just his performance name, actually is part architect and part musician, part composer and sound artist. So his work is really quite unusual in the sense that he embeds piezoelectric transducers, piezoelectric microphones into materials. Now he makes bricks out of them. They're shaped like bricks, except that they have two cables coming out of them. Yes, each of his bricks is stereo, which is part of the reason why we needed to have a binaural warning because the last performance today is very, very spatialized and it will often sound as if it is running around your head, which is exactly the effect I was going for in setting up an episode where we talk about the kinds of reactions the body has in ASMR and why ASMR videos are so popular in many ways because they are creating new kinds of audio intimacy, new kinds of 
of intimate soundscapes and intimate listening experiences and releasing them into uh, a media market which is desperate for connection, um, in which many listeners may feel isolated. When we talk about musical instruments, we don't often talk about material. We talk about a violin, but we don't often talk about the wood. We talk about uh, brass instruments. Certainly, they're named after their material. And yet, we don't often discuss the properties of the metal in creating the sound. What Brad Nath has done by embedding microphones into various kinds of materials of various strengths and textures is he's created instruments that really highlight material properties. And by feeding these through looping stations and effects, he creates these very haunting performances that very much highlight the materials that he's working with in the sound creation process. It was very interesting working with him to produce the show because it was very clear that what he wanted to feature was not himself as a performer by any stretch of the imagination, but was the materials that he was working with. So that said, I'm going to turn it over to this really interesting performance. I will link, obviously, to his material in the show notes and more information about him. He is actually releasing some new uh, material uh, in the near future. He has been constructing uh, dance floors out of this material. Uh, So some really wonderful exploration of sound and materials and the interaction between physical bodies creating the sound, the materials that are inflecting the sound and then are the ways in which it's being translated into our ears creates a very unique listening experience and one that really does feel like it occupies a very intimate place. So I'll be curious to hear if you have ASMR responses to any of this material. I have actually been told some people have responses, ASMR responses to my voice already. So who knows? Uh, So without further ado, let's give this a listen. And when we're back with our next episode, we'll be exploring more of why these recordings feel so interesting why they inspire such a passionate following, and why sound and audio theory is beginning to look at the ASMR response that we have to certain kinds of sounds, and why we tend to react, well, at least some of us tend to react with such interest and curiosity. Of course, for some of you who have misophonia, which is the opposite of an ASMR response, that is a very negative response to these sounds, maybe tune in next time for the theoretical discussion and skip the audio. Anyway, we'll catch you next time.